When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Kroger, everyone wins when it comes to saving big. Because when you order online through the Kroger app, you get the same great prices, deals, and rewards on pickup or delivery that you do in-store with no hidden fees or markups. Best of all, you'll know when items in your cart have a coupon, so you never miss a deal. So whether you're a delivery lover, picker-upper, or you shop in-store, no matter how you shop, you'll always save big at Kroger. Kroger, fresh for everyone. It is the death lineup draft day 2023 was also a giant trade for the Warriors today. Oh, I guess we just update people on the latest of the latest. So obviously Victor Wimbanyama went number one. By the way, did you see the the San Antonio rodeo guy who was at the draft party? Get his name wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> welcome to welcome to San Antonio. Yeah, that was not good. Not a great start. Spurs, Spurs franchise there. Uh, but the Warriors, they just made their pick, which is why we went live just uh, just a tad bit late here. They went with uh, Cam, Cam Whitmore was just sitting right there, ready for everybody. He was the guy. He got Aaron Rodgers in this draft. Sitting there, number 19, some guys that, that we had talked about earlier this year about who could possibly be available for them. And they went with the local kid who you said that you actually saw play live and you he was not the person you went to go see play live for. Was not the person I went to go see was the person I was most intrigued with leaving the building, though. Well, me, uh, yeah, me, Carmichael, and Adrian uh, went to go see Maxwell Lewis. And then, yeah, Brandon, do you know how to pronounce his last name? I didn't hear Silver say it. I, I mean, like, I, I wasn't totally listening to the audio. I was just waiting to see who it was. Podzemski? Uh, Podzemski. Yeah, man. I'm, I mean, I, I'm, I'm excited. Um, you know, this is who KOC had us mocked to in, like, his last mock draft. A um, little polarizing in terms of where scouts had him. I know Sam Bassini has him, like, 43rd. I actually have it right here. I could pull it up. 42nd. Um, and then KOC at 23. Um, I, I, you know, a little, little bit of I, I, what I told you, man, I went to the game 20 and 20 game at what, a six, four guard, 20 points, 20 rebounds. And you know what that screams to me as a Warriors fan? What? Dante DiVincenzo. Oh, he's just the goodness. DiVincenzo replacement. He's well, a bigger DiVincenzo though, right? He's a little bit bigger than DiVincenzo. Six, four. Isn't DiVincenzo like six, four? Is he six, three? I, or six, two? Closer to six, three to me. Eh, it, it's cl- very similar. Oh, they're, honestly, they're very similar to size. Then. But okay. So. Someone asked me about DiVincenzo today, and I said, well, you know, the Warriors don't have a mid-level, so he's going to opt out. They just won't be able to, to re-sign him. He's going to get more money than they can afford in the slot. And I said, you know, if DiVincenzo was two or three inches taller, he legitimately could be an all-star because the one thing he couldn't do is finish over big guys. And shot create, like, well, but, like a primary shot creator. Yeah, well, I mean, 
yeah, sure. Like the the handle and all that and and creating some but he could get to the bucket, he could hit it open three, he just could not finish. Like he was aggressive on defense. He's gonna get pushed around. But the one thing was was the was the size thing. And so when I looked at the size of uh uh let's just call him uh BP. BP. Uh when I when I saw <laughs> BP's size, I was like, okay. You know he's a little bit taller, but how does he fill out? Did, did does he? What is his? What does he look like as an athlete? I, I think, like I don't. I think some of the minuses you have with Divincenzo might still appear with with BP or or pods or whatever people are calling him. Um, yeah, he he might get he might get pushed around kind of like Divincenzo Divincenzo just because of his size. But I think what's intriguing about this kid is that he was the primary shot creator in Santa Clara. He played with J-Dub. J-Dub gets drafted. He stays another year. He's 20 years old. He was the primary shot creator. So some of my like main needs for the Warriors, I think I've said them on this podcast, but it was, I think, you know, if I could just rattle them off the top of my head, it was like a, like a, shot, a, uh, a shot creator for the second unit because because I thought they were moving off Jordan Poole. And Jordan Poole is the shot creator for the second unit. He is someone who provides pressure at the rim, and he's Mr. Available, 82 games. Like, if you replace Jordan Poole, you better be replacing him with something, uh, someone that can do these things or or start picking up people that can do these things. And and Brandon Podzemski, you know, I think he fills the fills the need of going to be available you'd hope he's a young player never don't we we don't really know any injury history with him and then some of the shot creation i you know i it's hard to say that kerr is going to allow a rookie to be a shot creator in his second unit um but i think he'll get some opportunities and you know again i just i've said it before many times like you can't teach someone the wiggle or what it takes to be a shot creator you kind of either have it or you don't and this kid has it and and you know on top of being an elite shooter already i i'm high on it you know the the one thing that you know his minus is is defense steven chenzel brought a lot of defense i'm in the camp of saying maybe we don't need that many more point of attack defenders with moody kaminga gp in in the in the second unit alone um so I, i think he might be able to get by without it especially on this team i mean it just seems like a seems like a warrior's pick i'm not mad at it Okay, so here's my worry. My worry is that uh, I was re- I read KOC's uh, write up of him. He is good off the ball, according to KOC. He's very crafty. He he can read the lanes. He's 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 picking off passes, but on the ball might be a little bit harder for him. And that's my worry is because if he's getting burned defensively and he all of a sudden becomes the target. Then I worry a little bit about Kerr going like, uh, I don't know if we can play this guy. Offensively, it sounds like he's kind of like a dream player for Kerr and for the way that the Warriors play offense. But defensively, will he be able to stay on the court? That's kind of the question. And that's just really not a worry, you know, until the playoffs. And obviously, you want to have a sense of it before going into the playoffs. But this isn't a it's good not comparison. A, it's not a worry for you, though, because or, or is it a worry for you? Because... No one made you more mad watching Warriors games than Jordan Poole being lackadaisical on defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a difference between being a bad defender and not trying and being lackadaisical. Jordan Poole just happened to be all three of them. Like, you could be a bad defender, and at least if you give effort, you'll get by. But, I mean, the thing that's interesting for me on my defense wins championships take is that you look at these playoffs and you look at a guy like Duncan Robinson, who was like a key player for Miami, terrible defender, but he was able to stay alive in the playoffs. They had a lot of pieces around him that can uh, substitute defensively. They were able to hide him. Look on the other side of Denver. Yeah, but they were playing zone a lot as well. 
And the Warriors could play zone too. But I just they think could. that, you know, I think of like last year's Warriors, you know, the only who you would say a minus defender that touched the court in the finals was Jordan Poole. So I've kind of been in the camp of like, you know, as many two-way guys as possible or as many guys who aren't going to get targeted on defense as possible. But these playoffs kind of changed my opinion a little bit. Maybe size is more important than not necessarily being the best on defense or you can hide a guy a little more. Um, but, you know, I I think there's a difference between Jordan Poole, who I genuinely, I love Jordan Poole. Like, I, I'm sad that he's gone. Genuinely view him as maybe one of the worst defenders I've ever watched <laughs> in my life. Like, it was just ridiculous on how, he was like afraid of contact and then also didn't care and would throw fits. And it was just like the most ridiculous thing I've ever watched. It I, I can't use him as the standard for every bad defender. He's like the worst. I can't imagine this guy's going to be worse than Jordan Poole. If he is, we lost. <laughs> so get so rid of the pig. My, my buddy Richard, he was in, he's a Spurs fan. He was in San Antonio at the draft party. So, oh, you know, awesome. he's fired up. He, he's all fired up for, for his squad. But he said Brandon versus Victor Summer League 23. I, I don't know if I, I, I don't I can't imagine Victor's gonna play in the California classic that we're gonna be going to in about a week and a half. Yeah, probably not. I kind of want him just to be there. I want to see what he looks like. That would be great. He doesn't have to play, just show up and still be there. He'll be there. I want to see him. But He'll he said there. he said Brandon versus Victor, Summer League 23. <laughs> that that's uh, that's hilarious. Who do the Warriors play in the Summer League, by the way? I don't know if that schedule's out yet, but for for the classic, it's the Hornets, right? Yeah, is we that get the Hornets, Hornets first Hornets? game. Okay, I think we get the Hornets. It, originally, it was going to be the Spurs versus the Hornets, but we were supposed to get the it. Kings. Right. Okay. okay. Are the Kings yeah. about to draft Chris Murray, one of my my one of Bryce Fitz. Is, is that what's about to happen? The Murray brothers and the Thompson twins. That'll be the story of the draft, right there. After women, Yama. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more uh, about this uh, this pick and. Uh, I, I think YouTube might get mad at us for you for you streaming the the NBA draft on uh, on YouTube. Um, I'll turn it off. <laughs> Bry has the draft done in the background, so he can kind of check in when I when you I have go to on tell my me who gets picked tribes. then because I'm well, not watching. I've, yeah, I mean, I can I can look it up. I I have uh, I have my Twitter going. I saw Noah Clowney just got picked. Was that Brooklyn who picked him? Because that would makes no sense if Brooklyn just picked him. So Brooklyn got Clowney at 21. Yes. It's like, it's like he's like Claxton, right? Isn't that he's supposed to be like a, like a rim protector in the paint? Like, why do you need another one of those guys? That doesn't make sense. So I actually, uh, there's a guy in my other discord and he's a St. Mary's grad and he's a USF season ticket holder. And he says, uh, Drew Tim was the best player in the Drew Timmy. The, Drew Timmy was the best player in the WCC last year but BP was the best NBA talent in his eyes. And he says he's going to root for him. He's kind of a mix. He, now, KOC said Dante and D'Angelo Russell. He says, so this person who, who I'm talking to says, Dante and Jordan. Michael Jordan? No, no, Jordan Poole. <laughs> <laughs> and Jordan Poole? Yeah, and I, I mean, I think it really is just like on-ball on ball capability, Dante DiVincenzo minus the defense. Like, that would be my comp. Like, you obviously can't, I can't, you know, it's lazy to not say like an actual player. It's mm -hmm. just like like a version of a player. But yeah, on-ball, capable, Dante DiVincenzo minus the defense would be my pick. Probably more capable as an interior finisher because Dante was weak. Do you remember how many times we watched him leak out and get the ball in fast break and just him against one defender and he could never do it. It's like, yeah, I'm just like and, not and he would drive <laughs> into the hole 
and he would do this swoop pass back right behind the perimeter. him. It's stupid. Yeah, but that, but that's what I mean though. Is if it's just he just knew he couldn't finish, and if he was a few inches taller, he probably would be able to finish those shots, and he'd be he'd be great. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll come back to this because we do need to talk about this trade that happened today. No more pool party. Now, I think what's going to happen eventually, because Chris Paul is a very good basketball player, we're going to talk ourselves into Chris Poole, a uh, Chris Poole, Chris Paul being uh, us winning the trade. As long as Chris Paul doesn't like blow his knee out in in uh, preseason or something, but that's the thing, right? That was the okay. So so that's what I'm saying is you know that that's a that's an if, but I think because of the basketball intelligence that he has, I think we're gonna by you know by midseason we're gonna be talking as if yeah this was a good trade for the Warriors. We yeah, don't have no. to talk about that right now though because okay yeah this is our guy this is this is somebody that we've been rooting for. Since, you know, since this podcast started, we're big Jordan Poole fans. I was just telling uh, Felix, my, my stepson, that because, uh, you know, you had bought him the, the Jordan Poole jersey or shirt. And I was like, ah, oh, Felix, you're going to be so sad. And he's like, I know Poole for, for, for CP. And uh, I was like, yeah, all my Jordan Poole rookie cards. Like, you know, I, we were so bought in to his development. Even through the struggles in the playoffs last year, where he needed to kind of man up against the Grizzlies, and but then he had you know a pretty decent uh, finals, a couple games against the Celtics. But this year was a lot different, and it started with the punch, and it started with him getting that big contract, and Draymond not getting the big contract, and then there was all all of a sudden there was a lot of pressure on him, more pressure than even the year before when they were in the finals, just because of the money. And because of the bullseye on him with all the media about this about this punch, which was is so unfair, by the way, it is absolutely unfair that he is the target of violence, and all of a sudden the uh, you know the media was was really on him more than than anybody else. And I'm not blaming the media; it's just the way that the story is going to work. Like, oh, like we don't know everything, so. You know, what did Jordan do to get punched? And now we know Draymond's going to be, you know, first team all defense. Uh, but now what is Jordan? Is he going to be able to, you know, you know, be the guy who maybe the Warriors picked Jordan over Draymond? Like that was kind of the story. And unfortunately for him, like he just did not have that superb season that we were hoping. Um, superb by the way, playoffs. Portland is picking Chris Murray. Oh wow! So, so did Portland trade with Brooklyn? So at or did Brooklyn, so Brooklyn had two picks in a row. So it went uh, Brooklyn went uh, Clowny, and then they went Whitehead. Oh, nice! The, I like the Derek Whitehead pick. It's an upside swing. They had two picks. Why not? So Chris Murray goes to Portland. So we're not going to see the brothers on the same team. I wonder. I yeah, it's confusing to me, right? Chris Murray, very upside. Um, not upside. Sorry. Uh, win now pick. Um. And then obviously now you have Scoot. Like, are are they going to trade Scoot or not to say Chris Murray picking Chris Murray that late tells me that they're leaning towards a win now direction? But I don't know, Portland's all over the place. They're impossible to guess. Yes, they are very much so. I'm, I mean, maybe they. What if they just stay put and they're like, you know, we have these two young guards and we have the vet guard and we're just going to run out tons of athleticism and 
you know, we're just going to be like the athletic team uh, and Dame's just going to shoot threes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wonder if, you know, I think that's 23. I think Zach had picked 24 and Chris Murray's mocked to them in almost every single mock. I'm wondering if Portland was like, maybe they're no, trying to get, get maybe they're come trying get to get a, so yeah, something else for a trade. <laughs> yeah. Come get them. We'll see. All right. So back to pool. Back to pool. Um, so all those things happen in the season. And then he doesn't ha- like, I know you said playoffs and really his, he, he did not have a good playoffs. Look at his regular season numbers. They're but fine. The, but, but those are numbers versus a lot many- of things that he did that, you know, were, were not beneficial to, to winning basketball because if Jordan Poole has a year that is better than what he did, the Warriors probably win, you know, two or three more games, but there were moments there where he was, at the end and and not hitting shots when they needed. So um, I, I don't think his year was a complete loss, but it was definitely a little bit of a disappointment because of the expectation, because that bullseye, because of the Warriors did uh, when it came to, uh, you know, re-signing him for that big money. So I guess my question to you is, do you think that Jordan Poole leaving this crazy media zone for him last year and leaving to Washington and the expectations in Washington are absolute zero right now because they're more than likely going to get rid of Kuzma. They're going to go super young. They're going to have, you know, they're going to probably be the worst team in the league. Can he flourish in that environment? Can he go and just get his and, and be the guy? He doesn't necessarily seem like that team leader mentality but maybe he does have a little bit of that on a young team. I don't know. I, what are your thoughts about him leaving? Um, I think, I think he's going to be awesome in Washington. I mean, Jordan Poole is a kid who you look at each season, there's just progression every single season. First thing, season as a rookie, probably one of the worst rookie seasons I've ever seen from a player, <laughs> 8.8 points per game. Um, he was bad. on 27 point, uh, 27% from three. 33% from the field, like awful. One of the all-time worst rookie seasons I've ever watched. Next season, upward progression, 12 points per game, 35% from three, 43% from the field. Next year, 18.5 points per game, 44% from the field, uh, and then 36% from three. And then this year, up in points per game, 18.5 to 20.4, obviously more minutes. Or no, same minutes played in terms of averages, but uh, definitely a couple more games. Um, and then what was it? 43%. So down in field goal percentage and down in three point percentage. It was a down year for efficiency for JP, but you know, like the obvious glaring things for me throughout the season was defensively defensive effort. Um, and kind of just his decision-making in the clutch just kind of felt always the wrong thing. I, I could really remember that Atlanta game that went to like three overtimes of him deciding to take the last shot when clay was on a heater. And it's like, dude, he missed the shot. I think <laughs> DiVincenzo gets the rebound or Looney gets the rebound and kicks it back out to DiVincenzo who hits a three to send us to OT. But it was just silly decision-making in the clutch where he thought he had to be the guy when really he didn't. I could also remember a turnover to like lose them the game. I think it was like against Portland or something. Um, but I think, I think the way that like Simmons and KOC had his season portrayed as is like, he's like the worst player in the league. And I just don't think that that no, regular season defined that he was just, those two things is stuck out like a sore thumb to me. But other than that, like they needed him. He, they, you couldn't depend on Steph for more than 65 games for like the past three years. Now I wouldn't depend on it next year. You needed a guy who can give you all 82 and you needed a guy. 
he played through injuries and you and then you needed a guy who you know you they don't get to where they were without him mm-hmm. like as much as i dog on him defense defensively defensive effort like they don't get to where they were without him and it sucks that the nba is like a what can you do for me now league or a recency bias league because because i think that trade to me shows that his contract or or how he was valued was what he did in the playoffs was getting dmps you know losing them games in the playoffs for how bad he was like he didn't lose them an entire game but he really did not help one bit um and that's tough because you know you had to give up more to get chris paul <laughs> like that's i think that's why we're saying we lost the trade because we as a fan base or maybe not all it's pretty this fan base is just overall polarizing on every single player except for stephen curry right like half of us like draymond half of us don't half of us like clay half of us don't why i think cool? i think i think draymond and clay are are way more favorable maybe now as they're getting older people are kind of wondering if they still have it but I think most of the most of the fans know that you know those guys are are, are locks and you know I know I, I, I haven't seen very many you know trade clay rumors out there. Yeah, and I mean, what I should take out of this is that Warriors Twitter is not the Warriors fan base. You can't they're not the same things. Uh, it's just a very small minority of the fan base. But um, yeah, just the Jordan Poole thing. Like, I think that I value him as a higher contract player. Like that regular season to me was given the position he was in, he had to be the lead guy on a team with championship aspirations. And I feel like he did an okay job considering that. So when you trade him and a 2030 protected pick top 20, which I guess looks good for us, but that's just going to keep going to the next year, going to the next year, going to the next year. Then that pick becomes hard to trade the years after, but you know, a couple seconds and Ryan Rollins, who was a second round pick, good riddance to Rollins, but you know, pool and that first for CP, especially given the fact that the Washington Wizards were giving away players what it felt like. It just feels I think you couple all that together is what it feels like how we lost this trade, especially how CP's performed these past couple of years in the playoffs, which is why Jordan Poole was valued so low because of how his performance was in the playoffs. CP hasn't been healthy for the playoffs. I don't know since before since Houston before before Houston, I guess. I think this trade is way more about buyer's remorse on the contract than it is about Jordan as a player versus CP as a player. I remember Jalen Rose used to say players don't get traded contracts get traded. And in this sense, I I really believe that because they signed Jordan to that deal knowing that, you know, it's going to be, you know, he he and Tyler Tyler hero, we're going to get very similar money and the way that the cap today and the way that the CBA works is that, those guys, because you know they were coming up on that deal, you were either going to sign them, or you were going to risk losing them. And that you know, the, Jordan would have been in, would have been able to sign with anybody, um, you know, after this year. And so the Warriors bet on him, and I think, yeah, they, it would it would have been restricted. But the Warriors bet on him with the idea that he was going to have a good season. And he was going to be worth maybe even more than what they they paid him. But the second all of that stuff happened, and then, you know, you know, really also the other part of this that I, I think happened is I think, you know, he already he and he and Draymond, the, the trust was broken there. So he's got that's one vet, not Jordan's fault that this one vet does not trust him. But that's the the, the trust is broken there for Draymond. Steph and Clay. We're seemingly frustrated with him on the court a, f- a few different times. 
You remember uh, Steph throwing his mouthpiece, and then Jordan comes back to help them win that game. And what does Jordan do? He goes into the tunnel, and he pretends like he throws the mouthpiece at Steph as if to kind of joke, which some people may take that as a joke. Steph was probably still heated that he got kicked out of the game. Like, nobody wants to be on the court more than Steph. And maybe Steph was like, uh, you know, not the right time, dude. Like, it's not the right time to make that joke. But it's just stuff like that. Like, personality-wise, JP didn't seem like a fit. Uh, he, he seemed a little bit like a lone wolf. Now, I don't know. I, I would like to know what his relationships were with some of the younger guys. But it definitely looked like when it came to the vets, he was not he 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 was not with those guys. And if Steph was okay with this trade to bring in CP, then that also had to mean that he was okay with losing Jordan. One hundred percent. And and look, it's not Steph's job to look into the future, right? Steph's job is not about you know what how good are we going to be in twenty twenty seven. His job is to make sure that they're good now. So Steph, as a GM, is not looking into the future. He's just looking at this year. This year, this upcoming season, uh, the 2023-24 season, he believes that Chris Paul makes them better than Jordan Poole would. And that's what he's going to bet on is, is you know, him and Dre and Clay. So I, I think once once you don't have that trust there, then it becomes about, okay, then what can we get from this contract because if we don't have this contract and CP's expiring next year and Clay's expiring next year, then you're not all of a sudden paying $400 or $400 million for a roster that's like $160 million or, or, or whatever it is because of all those penalties. So th- I think it's really more about the contract even than it is about the fit. But, I, but the players will probably say it's more about, you know, they, just want, they want to play with CP, which is fine. But I, I think ultimately the contract piece of that probably weighs a little bit more than the player fit part of it. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Yeah. Um, no, the contract is definitely a big reason why they had to give up more. I understand that. Um, 
I think with Jordan is that his personality is just like, he's just overconfident. And, you know, there's a story about when everyone chose their lockers when they went to Chase Center, he plopped himself right next to Draymond, Dray, uh, Michigan <laughs> State versus Michigan. And he just like loved talking trash. A guy who just, you know, he's just always been overconfident by his play style, all the flashiness and all the, like, the, the it's just always been, you know, a char- charisma and confidence with Jordan Poole. And I feel like that's benefited him all throughout until he got punched. And I feel like he lost that confidence. Um, and I'm hoping when he goes to Washington, he can regain that. And I think he will. Um, get away from a person who punched you in the face. It's got to be a good thing. And then, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan. Uh, I'm going to be rooting for him. I'm sure we all will be. By the way, it uh, looks like the Mavericks uh, and the Kings made a trade. So that, that 24 went to Dallas um, and Olivier Maxence Prosper was the pick for Dallas. So Sacramento drafted uh and and they traded to Dallas. So they they traded uh Rashard R- Rashawn Holmes and the 24 to Dallas though. I don't I don't know what what Dallas gave up there. That's awesome that the Kings were able to get off Rashawn's contract. That was hurting them. Uh it's a bad contract. So they'll have more to spend. Maybe a Kuzma edition for Sacramento. Yeah, they have 30 million in cap space now. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, good for good for Sack, man. They, it they looks can like give the, Kuz the contract. It looks like the TPE is what they traded. Dallas traded to get the pick. Yeah, I don't know much about Olivier Maxence Prosper, um, but you know, if you're trading that, if you're taking on a bad contract <laughs> to get him, you got to be high on him. Um, Boston drafted Marcus Sasser at 25 and they're trading the pick to Detroit for number 31. What the heck, man? I don't know. I I don't have much, much context. This is just a a Sham's quick tweet. We'll figure out what, what the, what the context is of that trade. Let me know when my guy Maxwell Lewis gets taken. Uh, All right. I will. Uh, All right. Let's go back to the, the actual draft. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on, on how it went. So, you know, I think the big question, and I know you tweeted that uh, you think the Hornets are going to, are going to not feel good about this in the future, but Brandon Miller goes number two and they passed over Scoot Henderson and, and the Blazers went Scoot Henderson. So why do you think the Hornets did that a and B, why do you think that they should have drafted Scoot? I can tell you, like, I guess for me, like, Brandon Miller is going to be a multi-time like all-star. I'd probably bet on that. Like his floor, just what he could do with the basketball. And he projects as like a two-way wing who can be a sniper from three, do a little shot creation. Like that guy's going to be Paul George, Jalen Brown, like my, maybe minus the athleticism, but he's going to be good. Like you cannot doubt that he's not going to be good. He's probably, a, he's a solid fit wherever he goes. I just think like, I'm not trying to discredit Brandon Miller because I think he's a great player, but at the same time, I think Scoot has that all first team, all NBA potential, that MVP potential. Like I just keep thinking, thinking back to watching that um, his team play Wembenyama's team and just how many, how, how in control Scoot looked, how mature he looked with the ball in his hands, making all the right decisions in a high pressure game like that, where you're playing the guy who's supposed to go number one to your number two. And I thought he was, you know, the, I thought he was the best player. Obviously when Benyama looks like the most promising and doing all the stuff he can't, he wowed us, but Scoot was like, I think Scoot impressed me the most that day. And I know there's more to the season and, and stuff like that, but I think there's a dog in Scoot that 
either have it or you don't kind of like the wiggle thing. And, you know, I, I would bet on his three point shot coming to fruition. You look at the way he shoots, you look at, you know, him being like a gym rat playing with um, Steph a lot in, in the off season. I just, I'm a, I'm a big fan of his. And another thing that I thought was funny is that to, to add on to the dog of, of Scoot Henderson is that, that rising stars game where now they have it split up into four teams and then people draft to get the rising stars that game. We all turned it on to watch scoot. Like I didn't care about the rookies like Paolo Jabari or whatever the heck, like I, I turned it on to watch scoot. And I think scoot no, knew that like, not that I watched him, but <laughs> that everyone was had their eyes on him for this game. And the first thing he does is he gets the ball goes right at the rim and tries to dunk a, do a reverse dunk on Jabari Smith jr. And Jabari Smith jr. Fouls him. I think he clean blocked him, but there's, it doesn't matter. It's a rising stars game, but just the fact that that's the first thing you do when you know everything, everyone's watching you. I just, I, I think he just spells out star and I think he has the higher ceiling and he's going to attain a higher ceiling than Brandon Miller will. And I think they're just being Charlotte's just being scared and not going for him. Um, Somebody mentioned in the, in our Jordan Poole conversation that yesterday's prices aren't today's prices. $30 million for JP is going to look awful moving forward. There There is a concern with the new CBA, whether that $30 million is... It's not something Washington's got to worry about for the time being, though. I, 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 think, I think, again, it's just recency bias, and it's, you know, what can you do for me now, League? Again, the majority of people look at Jordan Poole, who aren't Warriors fans, and they think he's awful. Right. That's what you saw last. You saw the playoffs last. He looked awful in the playoffs. But I urge you to go look at some that some of that regular seasons tape. Look at the numbers like the guy might not be 30 million dollars worth right now. But you give him a Washington team all to himself to do all this Jordan Poole stuff. And, you know, he's not on the team where a guy punched him in the face. Uh, I think I would I would be confident about that moving forward again. Maybe not a 30 million dollar player right now. Would it like completely surprise you if he ends up on the all-star team? Like, would it like incredibly shock you to the point where you never thought that would happen? I think Jordan Poole spelled all-star some point on the Warriors, so I don't see why he couldn't do it in Washington. My guess is without the the Warriors team that he's playing on right now, I think his trajectory is going to be a little bit more D'Angelo Russell-ish, where he's going to get numbers but he's going to get this reputation of like not the greatest team player, not the greatest winning player. That's why I was so, I so wanted him to be on the Warriors. It's like, okay, the development, he's going to have to sit behind Steph, but the development piece of this is he's going to be playing in the system and on this team and the, and the winning piece of it was going to be good for him. But now going to like a bad team, I don't know that that's my, my worry is D'Angelo Russell. And look, D'Angelo Russell is a very good, yeah, and NBA I think Jordan player. Poole projects is better. He's the the D'Angelo Russell's a point guard on you know the team that went to the Western Conference Finals. That was the best version of uh, of his career as far as sort of maturing in his career, right? Because everyone saw him coming out of college with the Lakers and then having uh, having all of those issues with with his teammates, and and then he moves on, and you know he comes to the Warriors. He goes to Minnesota. Like he's he's had stops already, and finally he's like, oh, you know, I got to stop with the Lakers, and and I'm a starting player on this playoff team going to the Western Conference Finals. Now he's also a free agent, so he'll be on a new team. But like that's my worry for JP is like he will never really find a home home like he had 
or he should have had in Golden State. So that's just yeah, I, I, that's fair. I mean, the only reason D'Lo didn't stay in Brooklyn was, you know, maybe there are more reasons. I wasn't as tuned in as I am now, but like, how could you how could you have guessed that KD and Kyrie wanted to start a super team in Brooklyn? Like, that's why he got moved and he wasn't able to find more of a home in Brooklyn. Um, but yeah, I think I think Jordan has a better chance of finding a home in Washington simply because like, I don't think they I think they're finally doing the rebuild like they traded KP traded Beal Kuzma's an unrestricted free agent. He will not be resigning in, in Washington. Um I think Jordan Poole has has a couple a couple years to prove some stuff in Washington before they go try to win. And I don't know. I'm bullish. We'll see. What we should talk about though is the CP3 fit. I feel like we have we've talked about the trade, but we haven't talked about what we'll think CP will bring. Well, let, let's do that on the back end. Let's just quickly go through the rest of this uh this this first round here, and, I, and I'll let you get your comments in. So the draft, uh, the Rockets and Pistons go back to back. Thompson twins, and this is where the draft kind of got funky is because they're, uh, Cam Whitmore just took a dive. Uh, at six, the Magic go Anthony Black. The Pacers draft uh, Koulibaly to trade to the Wizards. So that is uh, Jordan Poole's new teammate is Koulibaly. Mm-hmm. And the Wizards draft Walker, and they trade to the Pacers. And then the Jazz go Taylor Hendricks. We've talked about him on this podcast. Mavericks went Kaysen Wallace. We've talked about him. Uh, the Magic then draft Juwan Howard's baby boy. I didn't know that he was actually Juwan Howard's son, Jet Howard. Mm-hmm. And then the Thunder take uh, a guy that we really liked who just shot up the – once Once you you did that little thing on him, then he he started jumping in the draft. Derek Lively the second. Traded him to Dallas. And then they trade him to, to Dallas. Uh, and then Grady Dick goes to, to the Raptors. Jordan Hawkins, another guy we talked about, to the Pelicans. Uh, Kobe Bufkin to the Hawks, Keontae George to the Jazz, Jalen Hood Shafino to in uh, to the Lakers, and then uh, Jamie Jaquez Jr. to the Heat, and that's where the Warriors draft uh, BP. So my question to you, because the the Rockets draft Whitmore right after that pick, what why do you think Whitmore just fell completely down the board? I heard it's medicals. You think that's the tweet I sent? Uh... Yeah, I was talking to MBA University, and he said medical. So I went and looked for a tweet that would have said that, and mm-hmm. I did find one. Um, Cam Whitmore medicals creating all sorts of worrying. This has come back to haunt teams more often than not. I didn't see an actual like report on what was hurting him, mm-hmm. but it's apparently medicals. Um, I can't believe Houston ended up with him. <laughs> That's a... Uh, Oh, I've seen this happen before where you end up with two picks that should have been like four. It's like draft day, the movie draft day. <laughs> I don't like think that, I've that, seen that movie. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I, I've only seen it once when like 12 years ago or whenever it came out. And I still remember them, how they were able to get like three top guys that they all wanted on their board. Um, but yeah, like that's Cam Whitmore was projected to go five <laughs> and the Rockets were able to get the fourth and fifth best player. Like Sam Vecini had Whitmore third on his board. Um, wasn't, wasn't on mine. That's one of those moments where I feel like I need to go with my gut more and be okay with ranking a player who's supposed to be like a consensus top five, like way lower. Cause my only problem with Whitmore is that I didn't see where the in-between game came from. Like people had him as like these, this all-star expectations. And to me, I was like, he's a decent three point shooter with great athleticism at the rim. Like 
potential two-way, but I, I just didn't see where the mid-range shot creation came from. And because of that, like I wanted to mock him lower, but I didn't. So it's definitely moving forward, something I'm going to think about. But man, Ahmed Thompson and, and Cam Whitmore. Like, sure, I wasn't high on Cam, but I wasn't that low on 20. And sure, I was, I was at least top 12 for him. Yeah. So I think the Rockets are are definitely the winners here. Because if you talk about, like, potential lineups are are fun, but also, you know, there's no guarantee that Amen Thompson, Jalen Green, Cam Whitmore, Jabari Smith Jr., and Alfred Shengun are all going to turn into all-stars. But they look like it. Like, that would be fun. Like, like Jabari Smith Jr., maybe not. But the rest of them have a crazy upside. So, uh, man, I might have to watch a lot more Houston. It's going to be ugly for a while, but it'll start looking good. Uh, so out of uh, out of the picks, what were some of your favorite picks for guys who fell the teams? Jairus Walker to Indiana is probably my favorite fit out of all of them. Um, I know I tweeted some of my favorites from the lottery. Uh, Jalen Hutchfino going to the Lakers is like a pretty darn good pick for them. Obviously, scoot to Portland. I'm into Houston. It's just something I've been saying since I watched him at OTE before he even started playing any games at OTE. I was just like, this kid's athleticism paired with Jalen Green just sounds really fun. And I think it's funny how like, you know, eight months later it was available and it happened. Um, yeah, Jairus to Indiana, Lively to Dallas. Like it makes all the sense in the world. I was high on Lively. I was surprised he was that low, being able to be drafted that low. He goes and hits 13 threes in a row at the Clutch Pro Day and shoots up like eight spots on people's boards. Um, so, yeah, I think those four are my favorites. Obviously, Wembenyama to the San Antonio, but um, that, that's specifically in the lottery. Outside of the lottery, yeah, sure, the Lakers won. Dariq Whitehead to Brooklyn, fan of that, because I was a big fan of Dariq going into the college season before he got injured. Mm-hmm. Um, the Warriors, it's fun. I, I, I'm for the pick. Uh Portland, I don't get it. Um, I don't get the clowny pick by by Brooklyn either. Has Maxwell Lewis gotten taken yet? Are you, are you watching any live updates? So the last picks that happened were, uh, we I think we we left at twenty five. Indiana took Ben Shepard at twenty six. Charlotte took Nick Smith Jr. at twenty seven. That and, oh my god! <laughs> and Bryce Sensabaugh, yeah, at twenty eight to Utah. Wow, very interesting. I like that for Utah. I don't like that for Charlotte. It's like I hate Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nick Smith Jr. was a top projected pick coming out of high school. Goes to the college season, gets hurt. Doesn't really show as much. He, he just projects as like a Bones Highland Jordan Poole type. PBJ? Um, no, no. Uh, yeah, I guess a similar similar trajectory as PBJ, but yeah. No, I just, he just like projects as like a Bones Highland, Jordan Poole, skinny guy, scoring punch, not that much playmaking. So more Bones Highland, really. And I just like Charlotte just drafted that guy. Like they literally just drafted that guy two years ago and it didn't work out in um in the Kaminga draft. Uh, James Booknight, right? Uh-huh. That's just James. That's just James Booknight that they just drafted right there. <laughs> and it's like, OK, yeah, if we didn't work with him. Let's let's get the same player again. I hate Charlotte. <laughs> uh, all right. We can talk about Chris Paul now. Um, so on. So we got to hear draft draft a Palooza part two. I don't know if you were able to hear Simmons. I just got one uh, Simmons and KOC. And who was the third guy? Russillo. Uh, no, no, no. It wasn't Russillo. It was uh, the college. The guy who does college. Oh, Tate, Tate. It was Tate. So their thing, they really liked it for the most part. Uh, and it was because of 
Chris Paul's basketball intelligence and the fact that the Warriors just as a team got so much smarter. Now, my question, Chris Paul is off injured. Steph Curry is going to miss 15 to 20 games every single year. It just happens. Clay Thompson is, you know, still, he played a lot last year. He he didn't play back-to-backs until late in the season, but, you know, he's still trying, he's still back from that injury and a lot of wear and tear and, and some worry about injury. Um, you know, Noe Guadala. So you're gonna re- you're gonna be relying on Gary Payton. You're gonna be relying on Moody. You're gonna be relying on Kaminga, unless this is one move in a combination of two or three moves that we don't know yet. We're just basing off what we know. I don't know. I think they need another guard. I think they need another ball handler because there will be basketball games. I can guarantee you. I don't know if it's gonna be two. I don't know if it's gonna be ten where Steph and CP are both out. Yeah, that's the worry, right? With trading your all 82 guy for a guy who hasn't given you 55. And like, we should, we should pull this up. I should have had this ready. I'm going to go to Chris Paul. Oh, you're looking at his games played. Chris Paul basketball reference. Okay, let's see. You have, okay, just going to last year, 59 games played. How many minutes per game, by the way? 32. That's actually really good. And he doesn't do the thing where, you know, Steph does it, where you're coming back from a big injury and you slowly bring yourself back into the lineup, whether it's like sitting on the bench or however some players do it. So, yeah, 59 games, 59 games started. Uh, 65 games the game before, or sorry, the year before, 32.9 minutes. 70, 70, 58, 58, 61. So it may be not as bad as I thought, but I mean, when you start approaching age, what is he, 38 now? 37? Yeah, 38. 38? It's just, it's not like when you're young and, and you, you know, you expect like, okay, my availability will get better. I'll get better. It's like, no, he's on the decline. Yeah, but- I mean, but that's part of the reason why they could get him is because he's on the decline. You couldn't get you know, 33-year-old Chris Paul for this Jordan Poole contract. It It, it is, you know, it is what, and, and because he's got the non-guarantee for the following year, that's also what makes this attractive. So, yeah, player for player, I, I think I'd rather have Jordan Poole if we're talking about the next three years. But if we're talking about this season, who would you rather have this 23, 24 season? Would you rather have Jordan Poole over, over uh, Chris Paul? Well, no, I've been telling you, man, I thought I thought I, I was on the, I was on team Jordan Poole getting moved, which you don't talk about enough. I need, <laughs> I need my props here. Slater Slater was trying to feed us the wrong information. I said, I think Jordan Poole's more likely to get moved than Kaminga. And of course, I felt Slater. like a hot take at the Slater's time. taking shots. He deserves the, yeah, I love Slater, but yeah, that was made me, made me almost second guess myself there, but I stayed to it. Jordan Poole on the Warriors versus Chris Paul is should be the conversation, and it's Chris Paul. Jordan Poole on the Warriors was just not going to work out moving mm-hmm. forward. Jordan Poole on the Wizards or Chris Paul, give me Jordan Poole. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I just I'm actually relatively high on the pairing. I think that the Warrior, you know, just another guy who's, who's, whose basketball IQ is is through the roof. Um, you talk about the Warriors backup point cards over the years, Sean Livingston, and then you go Ian Clark, like Quinn Cook, Kai Bowman. Brad Wanamaker, then Jordan Poole. Don't forget about the great 
Nico Mannion, U of A. Nico Mannion. And like Chris Paul, like that's, you know, remember when, when Kyle Lowry didn't want to back up Steph and, and now, now here's Chris Paul backing up Steph. Uh, no, I'm, I think, I think the, the main question, if there was one question that someone was like, okay, over all this Warriors dynasty, like, you know, what was something that you think they struggled with the most and taking away the KD years, which I know was two titles and three finals appearances, but it's the non-Steph minutes is how do they do in the non-Steph minutes? And it's always been bad, but pool, you know, the hope with pool, what they thought they struck gold with Jordan pool is that, Oh, wow. We might've struck gold here. And maybe we could start not only staying within, you know, going, going wash on the Steph minutes plus minus zero. Maybe we can even start winning some of these Steph minutes with this Jordan pool kid. And it looked promising for a while. And then Draymond decides to punch him in the face and knock him out. Um, but now I think getting Chris Paul, I think there is there is a, a potential that they can go wash on those non-Steph minutes or even win them again. And I think that, you know, like we, we you talk about starting five, man. We look at the you look at the net rating on our starting five. Still one of the best really in the good. league. Still one of the best in the league. Okay, I have two questions for you on this fit. The first one: When Chris Paul and Steph play together. Does that mean Draymond is not on the court? Because no, I... Draymond needs the basketball when he is on the court. Chris Paul needs the basketball when he is on the court. One of those two guys is going to be moving and cutting and sitting in a corner. And I just don't know. I don't know how to maximize both of those guys offensively at yeah. the same time. I think I think it's more so that Steph won't be as on ball in those lineups. I think it'll be more like a split CP Draymond, where you do some of the you do some of the pick and roll with um with that Steph and Dre do, where you do a high pick and roll. Dre gets the ball and he makes a decision whether he wants to shoot it, pass it, lob it, whatever. I think that you know, although that won't be a pick and roll that starts at the volleyball line like Steph's does because of how far he can shoot. But I think there could be some similar stuff with CP and Draymond, some similar two man game where both are pretty elite passers and. I think what's nice about this fit is when's the last time we had a guy who like doesn't turn the ball over like that. Like Steph is just turnover prone. Draymond will make some dumb passes here and there. Like Chris Paul, like I have his basketball reference up. Let's go look at the turnovers. What's his like assist to turnover ratio? I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's excellent. Um, turnovers, 1.9 turnovers this past season to 8.9 assists per game. This guy's the point guard. He's one of the best <laughs> passers of all time. I'm willing. <laughs> Chris Paul's biggest fan now. After all that, I need I need Jonathan Kaminga and some State Farm commercials. Um, Jonathan Kaminga may be the benefactor of some of those passes, right? I think some of the young players are really going to benefit by having a Chris Paul. Like, okay, I know on Twitter I was upset about the trade, and I've had time to think about it since then. I haven't really tweeted my thoughts since I had time to think about. It. I just kind of did some reaction tweets, which were very upset because I do think that we still got swindled. I think. Uh, just at the moment of now, Jordan Poole got way undervalued simply because of his contract and how he played. Um, and then, you know, uh, as coupled with the fact that Washington was on an 80% fire sale for their entire team, and it seems like we got upcharged. Um, but I think looking at the fit, like it really does make sense. I think a lot of people are going to benefit. I think when you look at last year's Warriors, you can't really evaluate them correctly because of how many people missed time. Like I, like Wiggins barely played Steph barely played. They barely all played together. And when they did, it was excellent. So mm -hmm. hypothetically you add Chris Paul to that. 
and they're not going to be no one seed, you know, shooting. For, I don't, I wouldn't bet on them being like a one seed or a two seed, but I think three and four is totally in play. And it's obviously going to be reliant on a lot of health factors, but they're taking the bet with Rick Celebrini and his staff that they could do what they did to Otto Porter Jr., what they did for Draymond, you know, like, I, I don't know really the X's and O's behind a medical training staff, but it seems like we have a good one. So, you know, I think that if you're able to get 65 60 to 65 games out of both CP and Steph in the same season. They're able to strike gold just once in once in a one season. Um, you know, I, th- I think it'll be very beneficial and uh, we'll see with the playoffs. Cause I feel like Chris Paul hasn't, hasn't always had the best rep in the playoffs, but that's also because of the injuries and, and whatnot. So we'll have to see as of now, I think really everyone benefits. I don't, I'm not really too worried about the spacing. Um, because you have some of the best shooters in the world. And I think just when you have that many, those that many guys who know what to do with the basketball, like spacing is always going to be important. But I think, you know, when you just have cones like GP two, no offense, but like, he's kind of like a cone. Whereas CP three, like knows what to do with the basketball. Draymond green has limitations, but really he knows what he wants to do. So I think that, that the spacing is not going to be as big of an issue. Say the second unit when CP and Dre are, are in it. Okay. How many times am I going to screw up CP2 and GP3 during our next season? <laughs> you already podcast? messed it up. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I, I that's going to happen. I, 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 I called Gary Payton's GP3 like a I've bunch never of times done it, and Chris Paul wasn't even on our team when you were doing it. <laughs> I, I maybe that's I was just foreseeing the future. Yeah, but when you look at like. The Warriors needs to me, I think there's still a need for, you know, although you want to bet on the medical staff, how about you get some insurance with with guys who could play 70 plus games? I think that's going to be really important. Availability is the best ability. It's one of the things I put in my lessons learned podcast that after covering a season for the full year, like that is really undervalued is how many games you could play in a season. That's why I think it's awesome with Julius Randle and Anthony Edwards that they're both pretty shoe in for 82 games. Um also, they need still they still need that backup big. That's why I wanted Lively, a, a rim protector. I still think they need that, and I think they need, um, I think they need someone who could pressure the rim. Wiggins coming back is going to be great. I think more Kaminga is. I think that could be an, an uh, something that they solve as well with the availability. Is that Kaminga and Moody become staple pieces of the rotation? Would you bet on it? History tells us no, but. I think I mean, that, it's not up to us, right? It's really up to Steve Kerr. Yeah. Yeah. I think I just think that if you have Kaminga and Moody as stable pieces of the rotation, like you might be able to solve some of that availability stuff and some of the rim pressure stuff too. Both of those guys are pretty athletic and, and Moody's a little uh, sneaky athletic is the term. But, you know, I, I think that there's probably a, a, still another need for a couple more players. Um so, yeah, I think they might have handled it. Isn't a BP sneaky athletic? So now we got two sneaky athletic yeah, guys. Yeah, some sneaky athletic guys. Oh man! You know, obviously, like, like another primary time. shot creator is important, but I think when you have someone who's that good at playmaking and getting his teammates involved, a CP, it almost kind of supplements that. Whereas if you put Clay in the second unit, like Clay might benefit the most out of all of this, just by like having CP set him up all the time and getting a lot of a lot of good looks for him. Like that might, I'm really interested in seeing that pairing. Uh, I guess you already answered the other question that I had about how Chris Paul fits in the uh, offense. And, you know, he's he's not a mo- emotion guy and the Warriors are a motion team and he's more, you know, it's kind, triple, kind of reminded, triple, triple. you know, you know what I just thought when when I when I heard about the trade, I remembered that moment 
where uh, it was early in the season of the 2017 when when they had brought KD over, and it's like a late late in the game, and KD's like clapping at Draymond, like "Give me the ball," and then he missed like this like fadeaway yeah, three the, the... pointer. Or I don't I don't think it was that game. It was way it might have been like Milwaukee or something. Cause it was way earlier in the season, and so they they needed you know they had the ball for the last shot. And Draymond wanted to run a play, and Katie's just like clapping at the top of the key, like, give me the ball, because he wanted to go ISO, and he wanted to get the shot, and he missed. And that was an argument with them. And, like, I don't think Chris Paul has the gravitas today to do that. Like, he, <laughs> no, that's not going to be his game. No. But just yeah. the idea that this is where he's comfortable playing is in this slower walk-it-up, like, you know, I'm going to get to my spot and I'm going to shoot this 15 footer. Then you got a lot of guys on the Warriors kind of standing around. So that's going to be interesting how they kind of blend that in. Cause I could see Draymond going like, dude, pass the ball. Like we're all like just running for no reason. So uh, I just want to know, don't, don't let it be said that your brother doesn't give you props because he commented on a, uh, on it. Good point. Oh, on, uh, thank on you. Chris Paul's turnovers. <laughs> um, all right, I think we can we can uh, finish up here and, and lock this in as uh, our draft podcast. Who we didn't know going going into this podcast, we had no idea we were going to talk trade. So it was quite a surprise. I'm still a little sad. I'm going to throw the graphic back up because this is the the end of the pool party. No more pool party for us here uh, as Warriors fans. Hopefully, Jordan takes the pool party to the Wizards and uh, yeah. You know we're going to hear about it because uh, Bill Simmons' is, uh, best friend is a Wizards fan, and he's on the podcast. They and we're going we're gonna to hear a lot about Jordan Poole next year. How was Joe House not on Draftpalooza Part 2? Uh, I don't know. Who knows? I, well, yeah. I know last last week he was actually in L.A. because of the golf. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, J.D. texted me today. Very sad about the Jordan Poole thing. We talked That's about her guy. it. That's guy. And, and the, the photographer, Jordan. Jordan Jimenez, J squared. Yeah, J.D.'s, JD's very down and out right now. Um, hey, man, we'll see. I mean, okay, just another. There's, By the you way, did there's you, another... you didn't buy a pool jersey, right? I did not. J.J. did. So you J.J. got re- the AliExpress one, though. Uh, well, I was going to say you kind of reversed the jinx there because every jersey that you had bought meant that the guy was not going to be on the team for very long. Yeah, I might have might have reversed my curse there. I guess start. I'm going to go get my Matos jersey now. There you go. I think I broke the curse. Um, yeah. But OK, so we have four teenagers. Well, under the age of 21, there's four guys with a guaranteed roster spot right now. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, Patrick Baldwin Jr., BP. MVP. Do you think they go into the season with four guys under the age of 21 under? And if not, like, do you think they're, I mean, to me, like the glaring one is, is, you know, maybe just PBG pack, PBG, PBJ package. Um, obviously that doesn't really get you anything. It, it'd be more like the picks throw PBJ in there. I don't know. Is there another salary filler they have that get, they, don't, they don't really have any bad contracts that you want to get rid of. Um, so man, yeah, that does make it tough, but it's just hard to think that, they're going to go into the season with four. I knew they weren't going in with five. Like I did know that before still seems like a lot, unless they're just really high on what BP can bring right now. Um, they've been he- pretty wrong about that in every single time they've done it, but <laughs> maybe once they can get it right. 
the well, first year rookie contributing like that. Jordan Jordan Bell was okay his rookie year, but he had the simplest job ever, and he wasn't helpful in the playoffs. Damian Jones, Jacob Evans was a complete bust. Uh, Eric Pascal had a good rookie year, but when you actually made him play basketball, like he wasn't good. And Jordan Poole was awful his first year. They haven't really had success with a first year a guy contributing in their first year. Yep. Yep. Uh, that I mean, that's like thinking that BP will just walk in and be like, oh, this guy. History tells like, us it, no it, for like, the I, I, History tells us that Steve Kerr's not going to play him that enough. <laughs> that's what history really tells us. And that's not a diss at Steve Kerr. That's just kind of what it's been like, right? So, yeah. I mean, um, okay, so. If you think about this, like things, the things that Steve Kerr doesn't like in, in, in young players is what bad, bad shots, turnovers, effort. Would you put anything else in there that like deters guys from playing defense defense? Cause I, okay. Just for, off of those four things alone, I feel like BP can give the correct effort, maybe not take bad shots. And I forgot what the other one I said was, but the defense will be the issue. Like, I think he might be, he, there's a chance that just, just like a smart basketball player like him might find a chance in the Warriors rotation. Can more I, than I, like can other I remind guys. you of this haircut? That, yeah, maybe. Okay. Never mind. Uh, there, 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 may, there may be some, uh, some things personality wise in that haircut that I don't know. I don't know. Is, that, is Steve going to vibe with, with, with the guy who gets his haircut like that? Yeah, no. <laughs> actually, uh, it's actually kind of a funny haircut. I, I wonder I wonder if that's what his hair looks like right now because that was the so. that was the I think that was like the ESPN. Like imagine you you the ESPN is there and like, "Hey, we're going to take your photo. This is going to be on your ESPN page." And he's like, "All right, I'm ready." Here's my haircut. Uh, see what Jimmy Butler did, but Jimmy Butler's was a joke. <laughs> this guy's serious. Well, what did they do to Jimmy Butler on ESPN? They put in his, 2K, his 2K cartoon photo. <laughs> uh, all right. I think we're done here. Uh, we'll be back next week. And then the following week, this is a good opportunity to check in on our, on our social media because we're going to be at the California classic in Sacramento. So we'll have photos and videos of what's going on there. If Wembenyama shows up, maybe he plays, maybe he doesn't. Hopefully he's there. We'll get a couple photos of, of him. Also, uh, Brandon Miller will be there. And then this, uh, I guess the the Kings, what, what did the Kings do in the draft? Whatever they did will be there. And then we'll get to see BP. And I hope that uh, the hair is a little different. Uh, but I want to see him play because, you know, there's nothing like seeing somebody play live to, to really get a get a gauge on you know just the way that they carry themselves and stuff so it'll be fun seeing him alive so yeah so follow at bspn media on twitter at bspn underscore media on instagram i have no idea who took the account without the underscore i gotta find that one out how what how how else maybe you announced it and someone just immediately went to take it tried to charge you ah and then uh, bspnmedia.com is the website we can find all of our podcasts uh, so, yeah, so we will be back next week for Bry. I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out. Hey, guys, this is Al Galdi from the Al Galdi podcast. In case you didn't know, the show that you're listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire podcast network. 
BlueWire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. Today, BlueWire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. Over the past few years, BlueWire has privately raised over $10 million to expand its team podcast network and business operations. Now, BlueWire is raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be a part of a growing startup. You can invest for as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. BlueWire is raising money to expand its sales team and improve operations, which in turn will help this show continue to grow. If you would like to be a part of the Blue Wire Investment Round or want to find out more information, go to wefunder.com slash bluewire. That's wefunder.com slash bluewire. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.